Welcome to Fitting Out. I'm Jonah McGuire. I hope you've been enjoying the series and I hope you follow along wherever you listen to your podcast. Today's episode, I have a very special guest, Casey Hudecki, who in addition to being an actress, stunt coordinator, stunt performer, she's also an intimacy coordinator. Intimacy coordinators are the individuals that ensure the well-being of actors participating in sex scenes or intimate scenes in television, film, and theater. They communicate actors' boundaries and consent. Together, performers, intimacy coordinators, creators, and directors work to tell the amazing stories. Let's jump right in with Casey Hudecki. COVID kind of hit a year after I started intimacy coordinating. And so my life is just like unidentifiable. Like I think a lot of people went through that, but like I worked a lot more in the theater as a fight director. Um, I taught combat. I miss that. Um, I haven't had a sword in my hand in a very long time. Yeah. So I've been full on intimacy coordinating for three and a half years. I kind of somehow got right into it right when it started and I could not tell you why I made the switch, why I pursued it, because I think like a lot of people, the the reason people are resistant to the idea of intimacy coordinators and is like I had a lot of macho programming of, well, I've done that stuff and I didn't have an intimacy coordinator. No one was looking after me. And 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 that's just like going to slow down the process with all the touchy feeliness. And and so even I was like, really, is this a thing? But I've always loved learning as a fight director and a stunt performer, a stunt coordinator, I've done a lot of sexual assaults choreography. And I feel like, you know, there's a lot of dangerous territory there in terms of, um, and I didn't know much about this though, but you know, like fight directors don't have any trauma awareness training. I was like, this is, this just sounds like a good idea. Like I should know more about this stuff. And so I dove in and and that's just sort of when everything shifted and and suddenly, you know, like tiny pretty things happened. Sex life happened almost right away. American gods and they all needed they needed someone to just help them navigate some pretty vulnerable stuff. So how do you help people navigate through all the vulnerable stuff and where does that come from for you? What helps shape your perspective and how you see the work of an intimacy coordinator? So like my background is acting and stunts. So that's sort of how I approach it. So I've always considered it as a parallel to stunt coordination. In my experience as a stunt performer, I was asked to perform uh, simulated sex scenes and I got called by the executive producer of the show where I was already stunt doubling. And they were like, we need you to do this. And I was like, really? You want me to be naked? Like, what What am I doing? Um, and she didn't have any answers for me. She was just like, and, and, and like the bravest thing I did was say, can I think about it? And she was like, yeah, call me, call me right back though. We need to know. And so I called the stunt coordinator and I was like, should I do this? And he's like, yeah, everyone will love you for it. And, and I was like, okay. So I did it. And And it was so like I got, you know, these legal documents that said like on the day what like I I didn't even understand them. They were many pages long. Um, I, you know, met the actor moments before we just 
started and I don't I didn't know if it looked good. I didn't know what I was supposed to wear, how to put it on. I put everything on and they were like, oh, you're wearing all the things. Those were all options. Of you're supposed to pick one. I'm like, I don't know. No one is like, no one's telling me. And, <laughs> and like, you know, I knew the crew because I, I had been stunting on the show for a while and, and, you know, they all had to, they were probably uncomfortable. So they made jokes, right. They talked to me as the camera person or whatever. And, and so I, 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 I was treated very well. I knew people I could take care of myself, but I still finished that day with like some confusion and shame about like how that had gone, you know, the mistakes I had made, whether I did a good job. And I had to do it several more times in that season. What would have been amazing is having an intimacy coordinator to be like, okay, before the day, this is what is going to happen. This is what the director wants. This is what the camera is going to see. I had no idea what the camera saw. This is what you're going to wear. This is how you put it on. You know, this is what the other actor is comfortable with you doing. You know, what are you comfortable with? Um, just, Just to touch base with, just so I had a person. And so now I'm that person who gets to talk to the director, find out what the vision is for the scene, what the plan is, talk to the actors um, so that they don't find out on the day, by the way, you're going to be completely naked. And this, you know, let's get it on moment. This it's hot and heavy means means sex. Oh, I thought it was just kissing. No, you're going to take off each other's clothes and jump into bed and like, great. Let's all get on the same page about that first. You taught me a lot. We we worked on a production together two plus years ago, I think. Um, Pre-COVID. Yeah. Pre-COVID uh, and then through COVID. Yes. I would say, as you, you hit on earlier, there are so many people that have this concept of, are you kidding me? What do we need an intimacy coordinator for? But we don't have people saying, are you kidding me? What do we need a stunt coordinator for? You really see the parallel. You don't say they're exactly the same, but it is about understanding what the writer wants creatively, the director wants, how the performers see it, and how ultimately from the very beginning, pre-production, which is when I first met you and we had these amazing talks about what what you do and why you do it the way you do, that you really help tell this creative story. And you you are not a censor police. You want to, if it's a stunt, you want it to look badass and painful and if Mm -hmm. it's an intimate or a sex scene you want it to be intimate and you you have an incredible ability of getting everyone together and helping frame that how do you get everyone to have that conversation in in the pre-production phase very well put all of that um (laughs) well you're a good teacher uh, a plus um yeah so so like you said um Intimacy coordinators are not there to censor the sex, right? Like we want it to look good. And we could, we, we are ideally a tool to tell the story that needs to be told. So I think when you get a script, there's a lot of different, people can have a lot of different ideas about what that scene is. Um, and so the last thing you want is to get there on the day and have all those different ideas um, sort of explode and pressure someone into doing something that they didn't expect to do and then maybe discover later they don't want to do. And 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 to take it away from that on the day is a very it, it there's a lot of pressure on the day. You know, there's a lot of people there at work. You know, you don't want to find out that you have to 
take your shirt off when, you know, we're on a meal penalty and everyone needs to get it. We need to break for lunch. So let's just get this shot. Can you just do it? That's a lot of pressure to put on someone who is worried about their job and just wants to please, right? People want to do a good job. So we, I do a breakdown, just like a stunt coordinator, like a set deck person. I don't know what they do. I mean, I'm sure they do breakdowns. And um, so I'll do a breakdown of the script. Like, okay, so here it says that it gets hot and heavy. What does that mean? And then I just ask a bunch of leading questions of the director or the showrunner um, so that we can get all a clear picture of, okay, what we really want is to sell, you know, female pleasure on this. And they're really excited and it's kind of silly. Great. And, you know, how naked do they get? What kind of action do we want to see? Great. And sometimes the director has very clear ideas about what that is and wants to talk to the actors and um, great. And sometimes they're like, well, I don't know. You can figure it out. Right. Which is also fine. I am. I'm happy to choreograph something to the last fingertip and breath, or I'm happy to say, these are your parameters play. Uh, within this construct, you get to sort of just follow your impulse. Uh, so I'll take that conversation with the director and I'll bring it to the actors because I am not there to get between the actor and the director. I think that's a very important relationship. The director needs to be able to have this conversation with the actors. The actors need to hear it from the horse's mouth, you know? Um, that said, the director, you know, whether they wield it maliciously or benevolently, they have power. And so an actor may not feel like they can say no to the director um, or what have you, right? There's also power dynamics everywhere within, <laughs> within the industry, right? So you have a lead and you have a day player. Um, it's very hard for that day player to be like, I don't know if, if I'm comfortable with this when the lead is like, come on, let's do it. This is how we always do it. So I exist as someone outside that power dynamic where they can talk to me and be like, actually, I'm really worried about this. So I can bring that back to the director or the team and be like, okay, can we actually shift? Is this another way to tell the story? Because for me, no is the gateway to creativity, you know, until we have reasons not to do it, we're going to tell the same story over and over, right? Like, let's, it's okay. Give me a no. We'll work around it. There's so many ways to tell a story. Uh, and then from there, we, every, everyone knows what they're getting into. Um, I, then if it's possible, we're having a lot of them on sex life right now. Um, we'll have a rehearsal where we can actually block it just technically, right? Okay, your hand goes here and this is where the camera will be. And I've done um, simulated sex previses, like I would have done a fight previs in stunts. Um, this is how, this is the angle that this is gonna sell with because obviously we're, we're creating an illusion for the camera. So it's a dance between the two performers or however many performers and the camera because um, we're creating the illusion. So- And intimate scenes are not, always comfortable there's prosthetics there's pads there's hard angles it's it looks beautiful on screen but it can be it can be really uncomfortable for the performers that are trying to come across as they're really engaged in this intimate act totally yeah and 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 they don't need to be also worried about oh and and does he know not to touch me here or does he know like what what if they go too far right um 
Yeah, like we uh, we did a lot of sex scenes in the car for sex sex life season one, and those aren't comfortable. I mean, I don't know, like where it's movie magic. I don't know if people actually have a lot of sex in cars, but it's like their gear shifts and seats and seat belts and car seats. Like it's actually <laughs> like you really got to want it. <laughs> so uh so like a stunt it can be hard on the body like you said i've i've padded up actresses because you know they're they have to have sex against a, like a, a stair a rail you know that's not comfortable and it's take after take after take right and it's actually very um uh, cardiovascularly hard it's like it's like interval training um you don't think about how much breath <laughs> you use in a sex scene um yeah, so many, so many layers. When you have it scripted and you, you, you have had the ability to have that consent and everyone seems to be on the same page the day of, if there is some improvisation in terms of how they are choreographing or wanting to choreograph, how do you handle those moments? Like the guarantee is that you, you plan as much as you can plan, but on the day, something's going to change for sure. And I learned that in stunts. It's like, great, we have this great fight choreographed, but now there's a pillar here and a camera. So, you know, don't smash your face into those things. So it's, it's, it can be similar, right? You find out that, oh, the costume doesn't come off the way we thought, or, you know, we have to truncate the whole scene because we got to wrap, you know? So when things change in production, as they can, um, new prop, new angle, new way of shooting a scene, how do you confirm and maintain consent with all the performers throughout the day? I often refer to the consent, uh, the Planned Parenthood FRIES acronym. Consent is freely given, reversible, informed, um, enthusiastic, and specific. Um, although I changed some of those because I feel like enthusiastic is a tricky one um, for actors because we tell all sorts of different stories and some of those stories are very difficult. Um, for example, uh, an assault scene um, and difficult for, you know, the the person playing the assaulter as well. Like that's um, that's hard to do if you are, you know, uh, a good human being, which most people are. Uh, and and so instead of enthusiastic, I often use empowered just because you want even if it's a brave yes or a this is going to be hard, but I know how to take care of myself kind of. Yes. I, I want to tell this story. I'm empowered to tell this story the way we've planned to tell it. So I think the one that scares film people and television people is the reversible, right? Nobody wants a reversal of consent on the day. What will we do? All of that prep work is to make sure there are no surprises or as few surprises as possible because it is still the industry it is. So it's not even the day before, like they need to get their rider 48 hours before that's most unions. Um, like in Canada, the actual union sag 48 hours before they need to have all that riders, all those discussions are done. We we've made all those decisions. And then on the day, usually if consent will be, would be reversed because something has changed. Uh, you can try to prepare for those changes. Sometimes you can't, um, oh, we lost an actor and now we have to do all these scenes in one go. And again, I think you have to bring it back to story. What are the, what is the story point that we're trying to convey? Um, do we need this element? 
If it's a yes, okay, how do we get that element? Is there another camera angle that people are comfortable with? Is there another uh, or modesty garment we could use? And then and then you you just practice problem solving. And I think like every department needs to have a skill in problem solving. You definitely taught me simple, tangible day-to-day things. And the one that I use, like if performers are engaged in an intimate scene and cameras are rolling and cut is to take a beat, let the performers put on a robe and then start talking about how to do it a second take or a third take or whatever. And you have millions of those anecdotes. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think there's a there's a few sort of just basic tenets of a closed set of consent of storytelling and um, that just keep us all on track. Um And I think part of that is just providing clarity, structural clarity to everyone. So um, I I think it's very important in this work not to assume people are trying to get away with something or trying to see something they don't want to see. That's in like the vast majority of the case, people are there to do their job. They do their job well. They love their job. So, you know, if you're inside a closed set, if you are, you know, the camera operator or the sound person, you don't want to see things you're not supposed to see. You don't want to make people uncomfortable. So you just need clarity. So often what I'm there to do is just be like, okay, so uh, we are, we have slated, let's disrobe. So everyone take, um, so we pan the cameras off, we turn away, right? Everyone in the room um, will disrobe and get into position because, you know, sometimes you can see a lot more on set than you can on camera. And so they'll get into a position and then I'll be like, okay, great. Frame up. The cameras will frame up. We'll shoot the scene. We'll call cut. And then, yeah, it's a small thing. Like you said, instead of having the director just run in like, okay, that was great. These are all the things that were great. And this is a tweak I want to make. Um, if you're, if you're giving notes to actors who are naked, all they are thinking about is I'm naked right now. You know, like they're, it's not, they're not receptive to those ideas yet. So, so again, cameras pan off, we unfocus, we robe up and then we say covered and the set is open and then everything can burst into action. Right. And so that's one of the things that, that sort of keeps, keeps everyone clear on, on what's happening Um, on a performer Um, on a performer note, I like to really separate the personal and the professional, the, the, the actor and the, um, character. So, I mean, so, so in the, in the old days, not, it's not like three years ago, um, often what would be like, okay, just, let's just go at it, see what happens. Right. Which, um, is a recipe for a boundary to be crossed because they're not stated. Right. But also it's like, you're going to bring your own sexual personal practices in there because you're not necessarily thinking about it from a story perspective. So first of all, that that's very vulnerable and exposing, but secondly, it might not be appropriate to the character. It might not be appropriate to the story. So instead of saying, Oh, you know, when, when, so you're going to go, go down on him and, or, you know, simulate oral stimulation. Um, I would say, okay, so this, the character is going to do this and the character is going to do that, which just removes an actor slightly so that you can look at the performance as a story and not something that 
is you. And, and, and obviously like every actor works differently. Some actors really want that. Um, some actors need a little bit more separation and that, that also comes into play, especially if it's like sexual violence or, um, or if you're, yeah, like <laughs> people fall in love with co-stars. Right. And part of that is because there isn't that separation between them, the personal and the professional. Um, Right. So so we have to kiss each other and be in love every day. And we say these beautiful lines to each other. But then we've got to say, OK, that was work. And, you know, I'm in a relationship and I, that's important to me. And I'm going to protect that by just saying, OK, thanks for that. That like, you know, tell signal to your body that that was a fake kiss because your body doesn't know the difference between a real kiss and a fake kiss. Right. Um, and that's this is like the big difference between intimacy and stunts is your your skin is against someone else's skin you're kissing you're um moving in such a way that your you know lizard brain does not know that that's not real there are chemical and hormonal things happening in your body um and and so it's nice to have a ritual and just create moments where we can signal to the body that that is a piece of work that is now over well, let me ask you this. I was fascinated, uh, and, and you've talked about violent sex scenes, and because it's not always the romantic and beautiful type. I was speaking with the director a couple of years ago, and, and she was directing a kind of horror torture series. And I, I talked to her afterwards, and I asked, how do you deal, A, with the performers to get them to be in this really horrified torture state. And then how do you as a director or and as a human being deal with that? And her answer just made me cry and kind of blew me away. She said, I hold it together knowing how horrible these stories are, but she felt it was so important to be with the performers and help them during the day. She'd go home at night and cry for three or four hours before she could go to bed because she held it all in. Knowing you the way I do, you carry a lot of that emotional weight inside you as well. Are there times when it just takes a a toll and, and how do you how do you help performers deal with it how do you help directors and how do you help yourself deal with it uh, that's such a great question and yeah that's kind of what i was talking about in terms of separating personal and professional this is the kind of the other side of it right is um mm. how do you let the work go um i i intimacy coordinated um i was lorena bobbitt um oh, wow. which is just up for a lot of awards really good acting and there were quite a few assault scenes in that and this actress had to go there and so part of what i do is is i is i prepare beforehand i go look this is going to be potentially very difficult so how do you once you've gone there what brings you back and what settles you back into your body um and and that's different for everyone. You got to kind of take it off the individual. So I ask them, what what tools do you have? Do you call a friend? Do you have a shower? Do you sing to music? What do you do to let that go? Because that energy lives in your body. Um, and we did one scene where, oh my God, she was, it, it was like one of those scenes that w- which was great where it was like me and a stunt coordinator working together because it was like quite a fight into an assault and and her screams like we she did a very good job it was very upsetting and i have a very high tolerance for that Mm. um for better or worse having performed so much of those scenes they're very kind of technical in my mind but 
I noticed at the end of that scene, like we said, cut. Okay. And that was a wrap. Everyone had to go from that energy home. And I noticed in myself, I was like, I'm not taking full breaths at all. Like I am, my breath is here. And, and I, and I wished we had had some kind of, um, as intimacy coordinators, we call it closure, right? That moment where you separate, you kind of put a button on it. Um, uh, and it can be between you and the other actor, or even in, in a case like that, I wish we had done like a group closure of just, okay, let's just take a moment, take a deep breath and let that go. Um, and then everyone else can sort of kind of process it however they need to. Um, I'm very physical. So I like to dance it out or sing it in my car or, you know, um, (laughs) but, but definitely like a good cry is, is sometimes necessary. Like I said, at the outset, you've taught me so much about your craft and you are very much profoundly an educator. Yes. I, a part, part of my identity is very much as an educator. I love teaching. I am uh, one of nine fight masters in Canada um, with fight directors, Canada as yeah, a combat instructor and, and adjudicator. And that's sort of blurred all through like acting, coaching, movement, coaching. Um, and so I, I also teach intimacy for actors, for directors, for um, people wanting to become an intimacy professional and Uh, My company, Intimacy Coordinators Canada, has just become one of the seven accredited SAG training programs for intimacy coordinators. So um, so we're going to have to start running a lot more courses, I think. How could someone uh, register with you to start their path towards learning? They could go to intimacycoordinatorscanada.com. And we don't have our training next training up yet that's gonna we're gonna start taking in applications this this spring or summer um but we are a very small organization in canada and we are an affiliate of idc intimacy directors and intimacy directors and coordinators intimacy idc professionals.com uh and so you can take the online level one and two with them and then we do the sort of final intimacy coordinator advanced professional training and mentorship into, you know, sort of on its feet in the field. And if someone wants to work with you and I can only sing your praises, uh, you taught me so much about the role, the importance of the role and how it interacts with every human being on production. Uh, if a studio is out there listening and wants to contact you, is, uh, is there a preferred way to do that? Uh, sure. They can just hit me at casey.hudecky at gmail.com. <laughs> I'm just at Casey Hudecki everywhere. I'm, I'm not exciting. I don't have any cool handles. <laughs> it's just my name. It's just you. You're cool enough. Just You're very me. well known and cool enough. I'm cool enough. I'll stop. Uh, well, thank you so much. It's uh, it's a pleasure. It was a pleasure working with you. It's always a pleasure connecting with you. And uh, as this world keeps evolving, I'd love to, to talk more. Well, thank you. And thanks for your interest and for promoting this work and, um, and congrats on your podcast. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Fitting Out with the incredible Casey Hudecki. To find out more, please reach out to intimacycoordinatorscanada.com. <laughs>